Welcome to the Forward Church Weekly Podcast. This week's message from Lead Pastor Neil Krause is from the series, Rooted. For more information about Forward, giving, or to request prayer, visit www.forwardchurchfamily.com. It was about 10 years ago. 10 years ago where our family went through a period of time where we desperately needed community. It was about 10 years ago when we began to understand the importance of being rooted in community in a church family. You see, about 10 years ago, I was serving at a church in, in Wisconsin, right outside of Milwaukee, in a suburb of Milwaukee. It was a church of about 1,300 people. I was on the teaching team. I would preach regularly, and, and God was doing amazing things. It was just a really, really neat time in our life. But really quickly, some things began to change, and the leadership of the church, things began to change, and I found myself realizing that I needed to resign. So pretty quickly, my wife and I prayed about it, and I resigned from that position. And what that meant was we, we lost the security that we had. Um, we lost a great ministry. We lost a church family, and we lost insurance. So I lost the way to provide for my family, and I began to realize how we needed to be connected in the body because we were desperately in need of people around us. It was a hurtful time for us as well as we resigned from that position. Now, shortly after resigning from that position, more tragedy struck. We had a miscarriage, no insurance, miscarriage, hospital bills building up, and we were in this place of turmoil in our, in our life, wondering, God, how, how could this be happening to us, and, and not having a connection to our church family, because we had left that church family, we kind of started to feel alone. But it was during that time that we began to realize how our connectedness and our rootedness in community over the previous years began to show how God would provide for us. You see, because we have been connected in community in other places around the country, we've been connected in community in Lexington, Kentucky, and Louisville, Kentucky, and in southern Indiana, and although we lived in a suburb of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, texts began to come in. Phone calls began to happen. We got cards in the mail. Some friends that are dear to us that we had deeply been rooted with in community contacted us and said, hey, we can't be there, but we're, we've ordered pizza and it'll be there tonight for you. We wanted to provide a meal for you. Another family we were deeply rooted in community with that was here in Louisville, actually, where they were living. They drove seven and a half hours to sit with us, to cry with us, and then after a while to begin to laugh with us and to really have deep community with us. You see, it's in those times when we begin to realize how important being rooted in community is. When things are going good, we don't really think we need community, right? When things are good, life is good, everything's happening, we, we don't feel like we need to be that connected in a church family or connected to other people because life is good. But when, when life turns in a downward spiral, then we begin to realize how badly we should be rooted in community. If you will go ahead and grab your Bibles. There's some under your chair if you didn't bring one. Turning them to Romans chapter 12. Today we're continuing in our series titled Rooted, where we are learning about how important it is to be rooted in the things that God desires for us to be rooted in. And today we're going to be learning about the importance of being rooted in community, of being connected to others, and how that's a primary way that God grows us and he nurtures us and he cares for us is when we are connected in community. And this scripture from Romans chapter 12, it's very prescriptive on how the church should function and what the church should look like. And when I say the church, I don't mean this building. I don't mean the 501c3 that the IRS recognizes as forward church. By the church, I mean, and, and what God means in his word, is every believer. 
You see, every believer in Jesus Christ makes up the church. And then as believers, we are to be connected to a local body of believers, which becomes the local church and becomes our church family. Now, sure, for us, sometimes we can find that people we've connected with over the years, maybe they're not part of our local church family, but we learn that they are part of the church and they can care for us as well. So every believer in this room, everyone who believes in Jesus Christ, you are the church. Every one of you that calls Forward Church home, you are Forward Church. So I want us to dive into what God says that we as the church should look like. If you would stand with me, we're going to read from Romans chapter 12. We're going to be in verses 9 through 13. Here's what God's word says. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. You can be seated. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word today. Verse 9 there says, let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Let love be genuine. I like how the Amplified Version says it. It gives a little more literal of the Greek um, original text here. It says, love is to be sincere and active. The real thing, without guile and hypocrisy. So to be genuine in love is to be without hypocrisy. So I think this is the key to this, the whole rest of this text, is that we are to make sure that we are not hypocritical in the way that we love. So we have to define hypocrisy and what that means. The simplest definition I could think of for it is this, pretending to be something that you are not. How many of us at one time or another in our life has, has put on a mask and pretended to be something that we're not? We're all guilty of it, and, and we can't genuinely love when we pretend to be something that we're not, and we can't genuinely receive love when we pretend to be something that we're not. You see, we tend to put on these masks, and we pretend that, that we have everything all together and that, that we know Jesus intimately when, in reality, we don't. Hypocrisy is when we walk into a Christian setting, into a church setting, and we pretend that everything's okay in our marriage when, in reality, it's not. Hypocrisy is when we, we pretend that everything's okay in the lives of our children, when in reality, it's not. Hypocrisy is when we pretend that all is well with the way that we're living our life and that we're, we're doing everything the way God would call us to do it, when in reality, we're not. So we pretend we're not struggling with a secret sin, when in fact, we are. Those, those are, are hypocritical ways that we sometimes as Christians live. And, and he's saying that you can't be genuine in receiving love or giving love when you are in hypocrisy, and the scriptures say that people who make up the church were to get real with each other. He's saying, stop the hypocrisy and get real with each other because our love with, for each other, it must be genuine. That's what he's saying, it must be genuine. You see, we, we cannot waste time playing games and pretending to be something that we're not because if we just pretend and we just have surface level relationships, when crisis hits in our lives, we won't have those deep-rooted connections with people where they can serve us and help us get through those tough times you see just like the pharisees that we studied last week we've learned how to make our lives externally appear put together we studied that last week if you didn't hear last week's sermon you need to go to the podcast and listen and we learned about how the pharisees they they kind of polished the outside of their life right they knew all the externals to to make it look like everything was good and they were put together and that they were religious while on the inside they were rotting away 
because they had sin in their lives and they hadn't dealt with the inside. They hadn't allowed God to change them from the inside out. And far too often, we are guilty of playing the game of church. See, it's too easy for us to put on a show of having everything all together. It's easy for us to, to show up at church often enough to be seen as a regular attender. So we check that off the list. Okay, I've showed up. I've, I've kind of put in my time. Maybe we know a few Bible verses. You know, we know the right thing to do. We know the right way to talk when we're around Christian friends. Well, we talk totally differently when we're around other friends. And we claim to be a member of the church, but we really don't do anything to grow and benefit the church. We just kind of show up. And Jesus is saying right here that in a church, our love must be sincere and active. It must be the real thing, meaning we're not putting on a show. You see, if we're not actively finding ways to love one another in the church, then the Bible says we're being hypocritical. Because, yeah, we say we love each other, but are we actively showing it? Or are we just putting on an external show as though we love, but not really loving? And again, it goes back to what we studied last week, that we must have an internal change in order to have external fruit. And to do that, we must look upon Jesus in order to be cleansed and allow his Holy Spirit to come into our lives through faith in him and to change us from the inside out. You see, if the outside of the cup looks clean and polished and nice, but the inside of the cup is filthy, who wants to drink out of that? That's how Jesus would talk about the Pharisees and he would talk about us. If our, if our internal, if our heart is not pure, is not following him, has not been changed and cleansed by the power of his Holy Spirit, then the external is just dressing, right? So this verse says, let love be without hypocrisy. Therefore, we as the church must model that. So the scriptures say, in order for you to feel a part of the church, in order for you to walk in genuine community, in order for you to really connect in community in the church, in order for you to grow in the fullness of Christ that God has for you, in order for you to be a part of the process that brings you into maturity in Jesus, then you have to get rid of hypocrisy. You have to get real. Because if we're not being honest and true about our struggles and repenting of those sins before each other and before the Lord, then we're always going to be trying to measure ourselves and hoping that our sin isn't as bad as others. If we're not getting real about who we are, then we can't truly trust that others are being real about who they are. And what we do is we end up in this atmosphere of judgment and condemnation and, and frustration and, and surfacey level relationships because as flawed people, without genuine love, we will always know that we're broken. And we'll always know that we won't be able to receive love based of feeling unworthy. So we have to get real before God, first of all. And we have to begin to get real before others and say, this is, this is who I am. This is what I've struggled with. This is where I need help. And we won't be able to truly give love if we can't truly receive love. You see, the church has to be a place where it's okay to not be okay. That's what we have to learn. We have to, to get to the place where we understand that this is a safe place. It's okay for me to be real and to show people that I have flaws, that I have mistakes. The church should be a place where we can come in and we can say in our small group, hey, I failed this week. And we should be able to say, please pray for me. Please help me. Please teach me. Help me, help me overcome this failure in my life, this struggle in my life. Or we should be able to come in to a small group of people and say, hey, I'm, I feel far from God right now. And I don't want to be far from him, but I, I'm, just, I'm just not close. Can you help me? Or, hey, I'm struggling right now with a, with a vicious pattern of sin and I don't know how to get out of it. Help me. And the church, who has genuine love, will not judge us, but will help us and lovingly serve us and walk with us 
to get to where we need to be. And you see, that help comes through being connected to a church body. If we're not connected and deeply rooted in connection in a church, where do we go for that kind of help? You see, it's my hope and the hope of the leaders of this church that every person who comes into contact with someone at Forward Church, whether it's inside this building or whether it's out in the community, because remember, Forward Church is not this building, it's each of the believers, that when someone comes into contact with a person from Forward Church, that they will encounter genuine love. Because that's what God calls us to do and to be, to have a love that's sincere, to have a love that is active, to have a love that says, I don't judge you, I want to help you. Because that's how Jesus describes his church. And he also says that his church should flee sinful ways. Look at the rest of verse 9. First part was let love be genuine. That's where we've been. Now he says, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Now to abhor is to hate, to have disgust for. So genuine love involves being disgusted with evil. Genuine love means that we hate sin. If you don't hate the sin that you struggle with, then you will always struggle with genuine love. If you don't hate the sin in your life, then you will struggle with receiving love. You'll struggle with giving love because you will find out that you'll love the sin more than you love the people around you. And if you love the sin in your life, you'll choose that sin over relationships time and time again. We know this because we've been a part of relationships that have been broken. And those relationships that have been broken all boil down to lack of trust due to sinful patterns in our lives. We see the effects of it on relationships all the time, whether it be from pride, whether it be due to lust, could be due to envy, could be due to jealousy or lying, many other sins that I could mention. We all have seen those patterns of sin destroy relationships. And it may be because we love the sin more than we loved the person, or it may be because they loved the sin more than they loved us. Either way. We as Christians are called to, to hate what is evil, to hate the sin in our own lives, and to cling to what is good. And when we start to hate the sin in our lives, we find that God gives us power over that sin. And he says you cling to what is good, you cling to genuine love. You see, this is where we get the phrase, love the sinner but hate the sin. Most of us are familiar with that. This is where that phrase comes from, because we need to hate adultery, we need to hate debauchery, we need to hate lies, we need to hate gossip, we need to hate pride, we need to hate all the destructive forces of sin, but we do not hate the people. You see, we are not to hate the adulterer, we're to show them genuine love. We're not to hate the liar, we're to display the love of Jesus to them. We don't hate the person caught up in gossip, we serve them and we love them and we help instruct them in the ways of the Lord. Jesus said in John 13, 35, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So may the church be known as a place where we genuinely love one another. Where when someone gets caught up in sin, we don't just push them out and say, get away from us, we, you sinner. We, we say, let us help you, let us serve you, let us help you get restored. Let us walk with you. So how does Jesus genuinely love us? Jesus genuinely loves us, it tells us in Romans 5, 8, but God shows his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So God loves us in our sin. Jesus displayed his love for all by dying for all while we were still sinners. Before you and I even ever sinned, he died for us. He knew what you and I would get caught up in. He knew the mess that we would find in life, and he still gave his life sacrificially for you and for me. 
So if we're going to love like Jesus loves, we're to sacrificially serve others even while they're still sinning. But isn't that the difficult part? That's where the hypocrisy often comes in because we can tend to judge others rather than love others while they are sinning. We see them caught up in the sin and instead of loving them and serving them as Jesus would, we condemn them. How could they do that? How could you possibly go there? He says you love them through that. Genuine love. We would all do well to remember what the Apostle Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, that we were once separated from Christ by our sin as well. And we are to love others even while they are sinning. You see, genuine love is actively loving others even while they sin. Hypocrisy is judging others who desperately need our both our love and the gospel actively lived out for them. That's what God's calling us to do. You see, the battle is not with flesh and blood. The battle is not with that person that has sinned. The battle is spiritual. The battle for them is spiritual. The battle for you is spiritual. So he says, you let love be without hypocrisy. You love genuinely. Let it be genuine. And let's learn to hate what is evil. Hate the sin while holding fast and clinging to what is good. And what is good is that person. What is good is what God desires for that person. What good is the gospel that can transform that person. So he says you cling to relationships. You cling to people because people matter to God. Therefore, people should matter to us. And then look at what he says next, verse 10. It's one of the most difficult commands of Scripture, I think. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Now, this idea of brotherly affection is this, that I would care so much for you that no matter what you've done, I still love you sacrificially. That I would love you like a brother or a sister. And that's what we call each other in the church, right? This is my brother in Christ. That's my sister in Christ. But you know what? We've got to take it a little more personal. How do you really love your brother and your sister? My sister's sitting in the second row right here. And I can tell you that no matter what she could possibly do in life, no matter what she could do, she could turn her back on me, but I would still be there for her. I know the same is true for her. No matter what I could do, no matter what mistake I might make in life, my sister is still going to love me. And that is what he's saying. You have that brotherly love for each other. You love each other no matter what, that even while they're in sin, you still love them. You encourage them. You be there for them. You point them in the right direction. We should be so connected and so full of genuine love that we become literally family. That's why one of the core gospel values as a church is that we are family. At Forward Church, we're striving to have that kind of genuine love among our church that everyone feels like family. But why is that so difficult? Why is it so difficult in the American church for us to, to step in the doors and for us to feel like family in church? Here's why. I think it's because it's much easier for us to focus on doing things, like we talked about last week. The Pharisees, they were caught up in doing things, following all the rules, checking off all the checklists to make it look like they were religious and they were doing the right thing. I think it's so easy for us to play church and to check things off the list and to attend church. Check, go to a Bible study. Check, frequently go to a D group, a discipleship group. Check, serve once a month. Check, okay, I've done my Christian duty. And we don't really deeply connect with others in genuine loving relationships because checking those things off a list become just external things that appear that we have it all together. But it takes real effort. And let's be honest, it takes risk for us to be transparent, for us to be genuine in our relationships, for us to let the walls down and to get into real, genuine, authentic, brotherly kinds of relationships. 
It takes active and genuine love to become a part of a family. But here's what I know to be true from my life. The relationships that I have that are closest in my life, the genuine relationships that I have, are relationships where both of us are transparent, relationships where we're honest about who we are, the relationships where we're honest about our struggles, the relationships where we're honest about our walk with God and where we are and how, how we're doing in our relationship with God. And when we have that kind of transparency, we have brotherly affection. And we begin to do our best to outdo each other with honor, just like this verse says. See, I've learned that you can't get this brotherly affection until you quit pretending. You see, I've been guilty of it as well. I mean, we're all guilty of it. We pretend because we don't want people to think poorly of us. We pretend we put on a, a facade because we want to look like we've got it all together. But in order to have these genuine kind of relationships, the Bible says we have to get real. We have to be genuine in order to have brotherly affection. Listen, my sister, she knows me. She grew up with me. She knew me well before I became a Christian. I didn't become a Christian until right after college. She knows my flaws. She knows what I've done. She knows where I've been. And she still loves me. All along, she's always loved me. And the Bible says that's the kind of relationships we need to have. That's what the church should look like. That we say, it doesn't matter where you've been. We love you. It doesn't matter what you've been into before you walked in these doors to, to come visit this church today. We love you. And we're going to continue to love you. And we're going to walk along with you as you go on this journey towards God. So you see, that's the kind of church that we desire to be. So we're trying to create environments where we can be honest about where we are and we can become a part of the church family. But that takes effort. That takes work. Now, sometimes the focus of a group here at church is, is more informational than it is relational. We have Bible studies that, that where time is limited, and the main purpose of that Bible study is to learn from God's Word. So in those, you do your homework, you come prepared, you discuss what the Bible says, and that's pretty much what you have time for. But we're developing and creating other types of groups and environments for you to apply and develop relationships that's why we have D groups, discipleship groups that are established for you to connect with others in a group of men or a group of women. And the goal is that you do study God's word, but you also have relational time and, and time where you're sharing with each other and you're learning about each other and you're praying for each other, getting to really know each other. During Propel, they have, um, during their youth group, they have a time where they break into small groups. And the, the whole idea of them breaking into those smaller groups is the hope that they would put down a social media persona because don't we have a social media persona where everything looks awesome, right? Look at my picture of me where I look really, really good. That we would put that persona down and say, here's where I really am. Here's who I really am. And here's what I'm struggling with. And then we begin to develop genuine relationships, loving relationships with other people. After the new year, we're going to launch some really exciting new connect groups that they'll have the purpose of helping you find people that you can connect with that you have things in common with so you can connect in genuine relationships. And we'll tell you more about those as they get closer. But the point is this. We hope that everyone who comes to Forward Church will find this a place that genuinely loves everyone. We'll find this to be a place where we hate sin and we hate its effects on us, but we love Jesus and the fact that he washes us clean. He cleanses us from the inside out and helps us overcome sin. And he, he shows us genuine love. Therefore, we want to show genuine love to others around us and that we do our best to outdo each other in showing honor, just like this verse says. And when we genuinely love each other, those brotherly affections, they become natural. 
because we just naturally love being around those who honor us, right? I love being around people that honor me. We all love being around people that honor us, and that's why Scripture says to do that. Try to outdo each other and honoring each other, and when you do that, relationships will grow. Trust will grow. And the church begins to thrive out of a zeal to have everyone know and experience what we have. Verse 11 says, do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. And I love being around people who live life with zeal. I like to surround myself with people like that. People who are fervent in spirit, who live their lives to serve the Lord. I try to surround myself with people like that because they energize me. And because that's what God tells us to look like. Therefore, we should surround ourselves with people like that. Listen, I think the key part of this text is the last three words of that verse. I circled them in my Bible where he says, serve the Lord. I want to be around people who think that everything they're doing is serving the Lord. You see, our mindset should not be that we're trying to serve each other. My mindset should not be that I'm trying to serve you. My, my mindset should not be that I'm trying to serve my neighbor. My mindset should not be that I'm trying to serve the church. My mindset of everything should be that I'm serving the Lord. And when we get that change, then everything we do, when I serve you, when I serve my neighbor, when I serve the church, it is full of zeal and it is fervent because I understand I'm serving the Lord. And that is what God wants us to look like. Let's keep going. Verse 12, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer, hope tribulation and prayer closely tied together here and there's a reason for that this is not a mistake he says you need to rejoice always remembering that there is hope because you will need patience for the trials that you will face so he's saying you need to remember to to be strong in hope because you will have trials and your hope comes when you're constant in prayer that's what he's reminding us of how are you reminded of the hope that you have when you face trials well, one, it's through prayer, but it's also in the context of this passage, it is when you are connected to others in the body of Christ. You see, when Tanya and I and our family were going through that difficult time 10 years ago, we were, we were struggling, we were hurting, but we were reminded of hope that we have because our church family, near and far, seven and a half hours away even, gathered around us and encouraged us and loved us and prayed for us, and provided for us in a time of need, because we were rooted in connection to the church, we found hope. We were reminded of our hope that we have in Jesus. And we find that the church comes to our side in prayer and support in those times when we're rooted in connection. Verse 13 says, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Now, I think that's an easy one. Because once all the other things are done, once you have stopped pretending that you're more than who you are, once you have gotten real about who you are and the struggles that you have, once you have developed a connection and you're rooted in relationship with other people in the church, once you've been honest with where you've been in your spiritual journey and you're honest with where you are and where you're going, once you're honest about what you struggle with and about where you're strong and where you're weak, once you've been honest about all that and you have that brotherly love with others around you and, and, and I begin to love you and you begin to love me, then meeting each other's needs becomes natural. It doesn't become forced. It becomes a real natural thing. Listen, if my kids are struggling with something and they're in need, I don't just say, well, hope that works out for them. I have a deep connection with my kids. 
Therefore, if I see that they have a need, I'm going to meet that need. If I'm driving down the road with my wife and we see Aaron in the camera, he's sitting off the side of the road with a flat tire. I don't drive by and go, man, hope it works out well for you. Good luck with that one. No, I'm going to pull off the road and I'm going to help him change the tire. I'm going to serve him. I'm going to meet his need. When we have genuine brotherly love for each other and we see another in need, it's just natural. We just say, I'm going to help meet that need. I'm going to help this person. When we're honest about where we're weak, that in turn creates this ability to engage with one another and it breaks down barriers and allows us to have this real genuine love for each other, creates affection for one another, and it creates zeal in the life of the body. As we're meeting each other's needs, then that builds this fervor and this excitement among the body of Christ. It creates this place where things naturally happen and needs are naturally met. It creates this place where as we gather together around meals, we have times of laughter and times of tears. But listen, here's what we've got to address. This all sounds good. It all sounds great. And in a perfect world, that's awesome. But how do we make that happen? In the end, we can't make this happen. We can't force community upon you. We're so dependent upon the Holy Spirit of God to make these things happen, to change us from the inside out, to help us put our guard down, to connect us with other people so that we can have genuine relationships. But what we can do is we as a church can create opportunities where genuine love can be displayed. That's what we can do. So as a church, we offer several different opportunities for you to connect in smaller groups where that can happen. We offer Bible studies. We offer discipleship groups. We offer serving with teams at the church. There's no better way to connect with other people in the body than to serve alongside of them. It's not just about you serving the church. It's about you connecting with other people so that you can have genuine relationships. We just finished up the men's retreat, awesome place to connect with other men. We just finished up the women's retreat, awesome place to connect with other women. We have great opportunities to develop genuine relationships. When the weather's nice, we have Sundays in the park. Quarterly, we have big events where the church body comes together and we, we serve together to reach out to the community. On December 8th is the big Christmas party. What a great time for us to come together as the church, serve together. We need more volunteers for that. And when we serve together, we build relationships with each other. So invite everyone you know to come be a part of that and to serve and, and help with that. And that's how we show genuine love to each other and how we show genuine love to the community. In the fall, we had the fall fair. It was a great time to connect with each other. We have an Easter egg hunt in the spring, VBS in the summertime. And as I mentioned earlier, at the new year, we're going to launch another way for you to connect in authentic relationships and to get rooted in community here at Forward. It's our desire to give you as many opportunities as possible for you to connect and to get rooted in community. However, the reality is that as a church leadership, we could provide something every single day of the week for you to connect. And yet some would still remain unconnected. Because true and genuine connection means that you have to let down your walls. It means that you have to get real about where you are. You have to get real before God. And you have to get real before others. You have to quit pretending. And you have to be willing to get rooted with others, which means you have to be willing to invest in others. Genuine love means investing in each other. Genuine love means loving others, even while they're caught up in sin. And even though others may disappoint you, 
even though you may not feel like you measure up sometimes, even though things of this world may seem more appealing and there may be other things that distract us and we get caught up in, you must make the decision to zealously serve the Lord. And when you zealously serve the Lord, then that takes genuine love to do that. And genuine love is the mark of God's church. And that is what I pray every one of you experiences because that's God's desire for you. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful for your word that tells us that you love us so genuinely that you sent your son Jesus to die for us. God, that you desire from the beginning of time to adopt us into your family by sending Jesus to die on the cross and to resurrect over the grave, to conquer death so that we could live with you for eternity. And God, that's what genuine love looks like. Because each of us in this room, we know that we've sinned. We know that we've fallen short. And God, I know there's some in this room that need to just come to the altar today and just take a knee and say, God, I thank you for paying the price for my adoption. I thank you for sending Jesus for me. And I accept him as my Lord and Savior. God, I pray if anyone's feeling that today, that they would just come to the altar and they would pray before you, Lord, and they would accept that beautiful gift of adoption that you offer them. But God, what's, what's great about being adopted into your kingdom is that we immediately have brothers and sisters in this room. Father, your desire is that we would be connected with each other genuinely in genuine love and that we would love each other, we would care for one another, that we would support one another, that we would be here for one another. Father, there are so many one another's in Scripture that you have listed, and that's because we're to do this life with each other. We're to support each other and be deeply rooted in community. Father, the reality is some of us in this room are not there yet. Because we recognize it takes time. It takes us letting down our barriers. It takes us getting real with a small group of people. So, Father, my prayer is that this morning, that your word would impress upon our hearts the importance of getting real about who we are. Father, may we get real with you at the altar this morning. If we're harboring sin in our hearts, may we come and just bow at the altar and say, God, I want to get real with you. I've been sinning in this way and I've been far from you because of this sin. God, would you cleanse my heart? We know that your word says you'll do that. May we all walk out of here today with clean hearts, washed clean by the blood of Jesus and forgiveness of our sins through faith in Jesus Christ. And may we today start our journey toward genuine love, genuine connectedness, towards being rooted in your church because we make the decision that we are actively going to seek that out. We are actively going to love others. We are actively going to serve others. We're actively going to meet needs of others. We're actively going to take down the barriers that we have up and we're going to get real about who we are, who we've been, and what we desire to be. Father, we look forward to what a beautiful thing that will be because when your church looks the way you designed it, we know that miracles will happen. Father, we desire to look more like you. Would you make us new today? In Jesus' name we pray.
You've been listening to the Forward Charge Weekly Podcast. We hope you'll join us next week as Lead Pastor Neil Krauss continues in the series, Rooted. For more information about Forward, giving, or to request prayer, visit www.forwardchurchfamily.com.